Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Fit. Pop pass up the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Gregory, touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, you Rome, her 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app. Now, stop right there. I mean, they think about this technology we're telling you. I mean, the radio, Marconi's great invention, still kicking it, still thriving strong here in 2022. Rumors of radio's death have been greatly exaggerated, right? Video did not kill the radio star. So you got that. You've got, uh, you, you could grab your smartphone, which think about that, like 10 years ago, this is not a thing. Five years ago, this is barely a thing. And you, and you get on your little app there and you find, listen live on the ESPN app and, and we're there. Just find ESPN Syracuse and, Wherever you go with this smartphone, smart guy, you can listen to us. I mean, that's just incredible technology. But it gets better. Oh, it gets much better, friends, because at QSportsTalk.com, you can watch a radio show. As it happens, you can chat on said QSportsTalk.com as much as you'd like. Uh, we'd love it if you'd call 437-7644. Give us your thoughts. You can always hit me on Twitter, Brent Dax Media, but the live chat I mean, it's just a smorgasbord of sports takes. As much as you'd like, boom, 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 in the live chat. Keep those hot takes coming on another uh, cold Central New York winter day. That's hot. Great to have you back. Uh, We were here yesterday, but uh, maybe some of you were off doing things on Martin Luther King Day yesterday and getting your week started with us. So it's great to have you back here and getting that chat, make it happen. And the radio audience... See, once in a while, they've got to go to commercial break, but you do not. At QSportsTalk.com, we flip on the mics. We keep the conversation going. Tommy and I argue about whether uh, people should be s- sitting down on the bench. We'll see if it happens again tonight. See if those fans, God forbid, want to see a basketball game they paid for. Maybe those players might have to sit down on the bench. I don't know. God forbid. We had a fun discussion about that, but that's what happens on QSportsTalk.com. All kinds of different topics, and you don't even necessarily have to discuss what we're talking about. Sometimes we bring different subjects to QSportsTalk.com, and maybe you, uh, if you were watching yesterday, you saw me hit a behind-the-back shot on our in-studio hoop here. That happened, friends. 
You just never know what's cooking there. So QSportsTalk.com. Be there. Watch party tonight. Pre-game show tonight before Syracuse takes on Clemson. Yours truly hosting that. we got a 9 o'clock tip time tonight, which always gets. Yeah. 9 o'clock games are the worst. But once in a while, you got to take your turn. Do the TV overlords and get that late start. Our pregame coverage at 8 o'clock. Watch party throughout the show. Post game to follow tonight. Oh, I mean, come on. We got you covered right there, friends. As noted, 437-7644, Brent Axe Media, if you'd like to get in touch otherwise. Uh, William Qualkenbush is going to join us later in the show. Quack is uh, a host on my favorite name radio station in the country, other than this one, of course, 105.5 The Roar. With our friend Kelly Gramlick, they do a terrific midday show together. He's also on the uh, Clemson Radio Network. Now, he calls the women's games, but certainly has been following Clemson uh, men's basketball very closely. And as we're going to get into here in the monologue shortly, I mean, I'd be stunned if this game didn't come down to one thing tonight. Just other things will happen. It's basketball. There's lots of different stats that you have to fill in the box score. But grab your red pen and circle one category in this game tonight. What's up with Clemson blowing a 34-11 lead to Boston College? What's up with Clemson right now generally? They've lost three of their last four. What about Syracuse will give Clemson fits tonight and vice versa? Maybe get a little football talk in there as well. as uh, Quack does a terrific job covering all things Clemson, and we will do that at 520. He will join us later in the program. We'll go on the blind side as usual. Hot takes. Uh, Professor Axe uh, in session, how not to ask a question. As a further, we just seem to get like one of these a week, it seems, lately. This one coming from the world of the National Hockey League. Rams-Cardinals last night. Who, I guess, is more worried today? Kyler Murray or Cliff Kingsbury? After an epic meltdown. And yet again, thank God we had the Manning cast. By the way, anybody see uh, The Rock on the Manning cast last night? He was pretty boring, but dude, when you can flex and do a Manning cast with, I believe that was literally the world's largest T-Rex skeleton behind, or, or, or skull behind him. He's just, he's just talking football like, oh yeah, that's Stan, my T-Rex. It's like a legit T-Rex that he has. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just Stan back there. So at least we have the Manning cast, right? Bills and Chiefs coming up maybe a week earlier than people thought, but could be the best of the playoff bunch going forward. And the Bills have their opportunity. This is it. This is what they built everything to be. This maybe not they thought in this round, but certainly in this game. But we start with Syracuse-Clemson, of course, and I'd be stunned if this game didn't come down to one thing. Tonight at the Carrier Domes, the Orange once again have to... Syracuse right now is kind of like swimming the butterfly. You know, you swim the butterfly and your head kind of bobs up and down. It's above water. It's below water. It's above water. It's below water. Here we are again. It kind of skims the surface sometimes. Syracuse is 8-9, and nine, trying to get back to the 500 line. And we're just going to keep saying this because we're in uncharted waters here. That's a lot of water references in, in one monologue, but you get what I'm saying. And what I mean by that is so 17 games into the season, Syracuse is below 500. Well, that's never happened. Under Jim Beheim Hasn't happened since the late 60s, right? So every time we touch that mark, it has to be noted. It gets repetitive, but it's never happened. This is a team that doesn't usually straddle the 500 line this late into a season, 
right? And people are wondering about the reasons for that, and, you know, we've discussed that to death. Certainly, clearly, it's because Benny Williams isn't playing 30 minutes a game. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But some people really believe that, right? So Syracuse has to get back to 500. They, they just have to try and salvage something of this season and find a way to kick it into gear and get on a run. And Cole Swider has said this a couple times in postgame, and I don't blame him for saying this. He believes in his team, and you don't want him to be the one who doubts it. But, I mean, this team doesn't have the goods to make a run. They haven't shown anything that can make you seriously believe they can win four or five in a row. Hasn't happened to this point, and I don't know what kicks into gear that can make you think they will. But there's 14 games to go here. It's January 18th. We're not playing the NCAA tournament for two more months. Sounds a long ways away. It'll be here before we know it, but there is enough time to, you know, this is not a chemistry experiment, Paul, but get in the lab and fix things. So when I look at this matchup and I look at how these two teams are coming in tonight, usually when Syracuse has four players in double figures, that's a good thing. Their record when they have four players in double figures is eight and three. A third loss came on Saturday. That did not work to their advantage in their most recent game. Usually it does. When you've got four players and double figures, the rest tends to work itself out. That did not happen in their last game. So you kind of look at it and say, okay, we can't count on that. Florida State is a team that uses everybody. Clemson is not. If anything, Clemson kind of plays the Syracuse game. They only go eight deep on that bench, and that's it. And Syracuse isn't even going that far down the bench right now. So this is not going to be a a mismatch of, well, Clemson just throws waves of people at you. They throw hockey lines at you like Florida State does. Okay? So it's not going to be that. As much as it pains me to say this, and this stat was surely important, shout out to my friends at uh, SUJuice.com, and how dare they, by trying to intimate that free throws do not matter. Free throws kept Syracuse in that game Saturday. And you go 13 of 15 from the free throw line. Don't tell me that doesn't matter. That's how they kept pace with Florida State shooting well from the three-point line. But they still went 13 of 15 and lost the game by five, right? So it mattered in the sense that it kept the boat stable. Another water reference. It didn't ultimately lead to victory. So free throws do matter, but that didn't decide it. Okay. What about rebounding, right? Rebounding, Syracuse is a team that typically does not out-rebound its opponents. They've out-rebounded their last six. Again, a factor that keeps you in it, gets possessions. But, see, when you dig into the numbers a little deeper, and Mike Waters did a terrific job pointing this out, okay, there's a stat when you peel a couple layers away, and I'll read what Mike wrote about this. Syracuse has held the rebounding advantage in each of its six ACC games, but there's still a rebounding problem that Syracuse has not been able to solve, the defensive boards. Syracuse's defensive rebounding percentage is at 67%, which ranks last in the ACC and 323rd in the country. Comparatively, North Carolina, who leads the ACC, just to kind of give you a reference point here, is getting about 80% of the rebounds on its defensive effort on the court. The reason, as Mike points out, perhaps one of many, is that Syracuse is too spread out on defense, and the Orange is having to defend the three-point line. Which brings us to what this game's going to come down to. Now, I'd like to see a little bit more Symir when it's appropriate to get Joe off the ball 
which leads to, folks, I'd be stunned if this game doesn't come down to the three-point line, which is typically the case for Syracuse because you need Buddy Beheim fighting through double teams and all the attention he gets from opposing teams to hit a few from three-point range. You need Cole Swider, who had a, a terrific game against Florida State. No complaints whatsoever. If anything, and he could have shot the ball more, but he was very efficient. It was a quality, not a quantity thing against Florida State. When Jimmy Beheim steps back and gets a couple of threes and he's open there and you look in the box score and you're like, okay, cool, we got three or four guys here really humming. Joe is percentage-wise the guy near the top of the ACC, and you know when he goes on a heater, it's what keeps Syracuse in these games, but that's typically done better off the ball. Now can he you know, step up as the point guard, see an opening and, and logo Joe in action? Sure, but you don't want to count on that. So I'd like to see a little bit of that, but this is not a chemistry lab, Paul. We'll go to the, the three-man lineup. We'll go to the bench. We'll use it when it's appropriate, right? The reason this game comes out of the three-point line is not just what's in front of you. It's not just the statistics. Clemson's third in the ACC three-point shooting. Syracuse is fourth. Clemson has a number of guys that shoot the three well. This is not like, hey, watch this marksman here. No, they've got Alex Hemingway, 20 of 40, 50% range. David Collins is 43%. Dawes, one of their best players, has knocked down 41 of 102 threes. He's over 40%. Hunter Tyson has made 39% of his three-point uh, shots. Nick Honor is at 35%. It's a lot of dudes that can shoot. We talked about how spread out the defense is now. What Syracuse has not proven it can do consistently is make stops. So I'm not counting on that. You can't count on defense. You can count on maybe Clemson not hitting their percentages there, but they got to have a really bad shooting night with all those dudes to knock themselves out of the game by just having a bad shooting night. And Syracuse has to match it and have a good shooting night on the other end, which they've typically been doing. Offense through all these conversations has not been the issue at all. They always find a way offensively. So it's not just, hey, the matchups tell me this, the numbers tell me that. Clemson is similar to Syracuse in that they haven't found any consistency lately. They've lost three of four. I mean, they had a 34-11 lead against Boston College, not exactly a world beater, a couple days ago, blew it. What I think this game comes down to, and I think this is good for Syracuse, is just tit for tat, anything you can do, I can do better, shoot out, just look up at the scoreboard, see what the three-point percentage says at the end, and that's who wins. Because what Syracuse, I think, needs is a game where they're not thinking. They're playing. It's just playground ball, back and forth. Who's got the hot hand? Let's let it roll. Look up at the end. Who's got more points? I know that sounds as simple as it gets, but you know that game on Saturday, you had to call timeout, situational play. What do we do? They were unsure. The play coming out of the timeout, Jesse gets it initially. He doesn't have it. And Jimmy got fouled. I'm it's time to turn the page on that. Look towards the next game. Dude got followed. You got to make that call. Paul Sibilia made what had to be one of the worst analogies I've ever heard in my life during Orange Nation today. The clip on QSportsTalk.com. You should watch it. Trying to describe that. Didn't do it very well. But point being, Syracuse just has not proven in crunch time that it's going to make the right play. Saturday was a result of that. The Wake Forest game was Buddy Beheim fouled, yes, but you got to execute an inbounds play. And then you had an entire overtime to make up for that lack of 
a call if you saw it that way. On inbounds playing, they scored one field goal. Their last five losses have all been five points or less, two possessions. That's a pattern, folks. That's not just dumb luck. That's bad. No, that's a pattern. There's something when things get tight at the end. This team lacks the killer instinct right now to execute. That could change. If anything, that experience has got to pay off at some point, but it's not right now. What Syracuse needs is just a straight-up play basketball, keep it simple, take the open shot, back-and-forth basketball game. That's what they need tonight. Another thing that probably won't be a factor, you. These Tuesday night games don't typically tend to be energetic. Tommy will get upset because the fans will be telling the Clemson bench to sit down and, you know, you're you're going to be a reactive crowd. That could be a good thing. Florida State turned out to be a great crowd because that was an entertaining game. It was a game that gave you a lot of reasons to get into it and not just yelling at the Florida State players because they wouldn't sit down. God forbid, right? People that pay tickets and sit behind very tall people want to watch a basketball game, but I don't get into that. This just comes down to the three-point line. Who's better at the three-point line? Now, the great thing about sports is you think you got it figured out. I know exactly how this is going to go. Analytics, numbers, look at this. And then sports can surprise you and something different could happen. Could this turn into a battle in the paint? Because both teams maybe struggle from the three-point line and turns more into Jesse Edwards has a day. Syracuse finding consistency in the paint. Clemson not shooting as well as usual from the three-point line, so they start working it inside. Absolutely. A lot of things can happen. That's the beauty of sports, but I'd be absolutely stunned if this doesn't come down to the three-point line. And Syracuse went 7 of 17 from the three-point line against Florida State Saturday. That's a good number, but Florida State hit 12. The game before that, Syracuse didn't have to go to the three-point line because they were, as just noted, they were so dominant in the paint. They outscored Pittsburgh big in the paint. They were 6 of 17 from the three-point line against Pitt, and Buddy had five of them. But they didn't need the three-point line that night. They're going to need it tonight, and they're going to have to be better than 7 of 17. Short of just Jesse Edwards, Jimmy Bayheim, other players finding some sort of mismatch in the paint, some sort of hole in the Death Star that they just lean on and Clemson crumbles. Could happen. Clemson doesn't play very good defense. Got a 34-11 lead. You got to hold that sucker, right? Syracuse has been there. They've had 18-point leads against Miami. They've had a lot of halftime leads evaporate this year. Second halves that, you know, they, they've just wilted. These two teams are not just by uniform color. They're pretty similar where they're at. It's just Clemson's won a few more games. They're above the 500 line right now, but they have the exact same ACC record and they're not feeling very good about themselves right now, so they're going to be angry. Angry Tigers. Rawr. Right? Whereas Syracuse, yeah, their record tilts back and forth, but the last thing this team is is a team that does not play with confidence. you got to give them that. This team will bust their butt. They will play with confidence. They know how to handle these close games. They're just not winning them. They're just not making the last play, the right play, the key play when it matters. So if anything, have a night, have a double-digit night from three-point range and hold the pattern that Syracuse has had in most of its recent wins that we're not coming down to the end here. 
you have an 8, 10, 12-point lead down the stretch when it matters, and we're not going to let you make this a game. That's what they need tonight. Because all those other things I listed, and a lot that I didn't, because there's 100 numbers I could cite here. You don't want to get lost in a sea of numbers. Those other things don't work. They keep you in the game. They're notable. They're like, hey, look what they did here. The three-point line wins the game, which sounds obvious because how important it is in the game today, but some nights it does, it's not, as I said with Pittsburgh. A couple games back, some, some nights you don't need it. You're going to need it tonight because Clemson will spread you out. They've got a bunch of guys that can shoot it. That's what they're coming in to do. And if I'm Clemson and I, I want to keep it simple and I want to win on the board after a terrible loss to BC, I'm not going in the chemistry lab, Paul. I'm doing what I do. We're going to come in and shoot because that's what people do against Syracuse anyway. Shoot out. Let's go. May the best team win from beyond the arc. And on that note, we'll break. Much more to come as we cruise through the afternoon here. I did want to note one thing here before we talk to our friend Bill from Lee Baldwin and Company and get our stock market update. Big, big, big shout-out and congratulations to our friend and colleague Donna DeTota, who today was named the National Sports Media Association New York Sports Writer of the Year. That is a big deal in our little line of work, folks, and uh, nobody deserves it more than Donna. The story she tells, the connection she makes with the, the people she covers, the players she covers, not just Syracuse basketball. That's probably what you know Donna best from. That's her main beat, but Donna can do anything. And you assign Donna something, and she's going to knock it out of the park. So congratulations to Donna. I was thrilled to see that today. Great, great honor for look, a great writer, but an even better person. All right, let's get our stock market update. That's where Bill is, standing by, ready to tell us how the market did on this Tuesday after everybody got back at it after a day off uh, Monday. How'd that work, Bill? Uh, not too good. Uh, we had a pretty good down day, fell 540 points as interest rates have risen back to pre-pandemic levels. So not a lot of pauses, but we did find one diamond, uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, video game maker of uh, World of Warcraft and Call of Duty, jumped 25% as Microsoft's looking to buy them out for $70 billion. So uh, uh, looks like the video game business is staying hot. And then for dogs, there were plenty of them. Uh, we'll go with the bank sector, which had been doing well because they like higher interest rates, but they were all down today. And that's it today. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, sir. Lee Baldwin and Company, you know where to find them. Kaz and Utica, LeeBaldwin.com for all the info. And you certainly want their advice today. Markets down, but where are the diamonds? Let's go find them, and they will do that at Lee Baldwin and Company. LeeBaldwin.com is the website. We'll break on that note and return. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. You actually might be somewhat familiar with this song. Because there was a great cover of it in the movie Old School. Did you see that movie? No, it's one I do need to see, though. I know that. Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. You got it. Mark Wahlberg is not an old school. No? Nice try. No. No, no Mark Wahlberg. What is the one I'm thinking of? There's a movie you are thinking of that they're in together where they're cops. Not old school. I know exactly the movie you're talking about. What is that? I did not see that one. What's the one that you're talking about? Old school. Who's in that? (laughs) You got it half right. Will Ferrell is an old school. 
Owen Wilson is the other big star. But that's when they're in a fraternity. I have not seen this one. Okay. You got to check that one off the list. Yes, I think you're right. Terrific cover of this song in that movie. I'll just say that. Hello, Tommy. Tommy Gunn is in studio. We were talking during the Q Sports Talk break. Apparently there was some sort of controversy with the Mayo bet on the Double Down program, which will be coming up tonight because our pregame show is not until 8 o'clock. So you'll have plenty of time for all the hijinks and Tom Fuller. I like how this happens. You guys make a bet, create the content of the bet, do the bet, and then there's problems with the bet. I mean, if anything, you're just generating more content, stretching that baby as, as far as you can go. Number one, it was well the done. other guys that I was thinking about, not old school. Both have an O to start. You are the one that has scarred me from bets on here. Like, I was kind of going at Mike, and I feel bad making sure that he did not find a loophole in this bet, and it's because of you finding a loophole in our bet. Now, he didn't make a loophole, but there is a controversy that Mike needs to address. He knows he needs to address on today's show. Okay. However, I reviewed the tapes, and I am still happy (laughs) with how he performed with the bet. He added some unnecessary suspicion to it that we will address on the show today. You reviewed the tapes. Yeah, but he will not have to do the bet again. He may have to apologize, but he will not be fined, and he will not have to do it again. Let me phrase it this way without giving it away. If uh, if NFL officials reviewed the tape, would they agree Uh, with you? Who knows about that? You can never guess with them. I want to also say this, Brent, something you will be thrilled to hear. Okay. I made the announcement yesterday. The White Whale guest list on Double Down. Ooh. It's Carly Rae Jepsen. Yep. Doyen Akintobiadiyeye got added to that list last week. Say that again. You don't remember? Doyen Akintobiadiyeye, he was the walk-on for Syracuse basketball a few years ago. Oh, yeah, okay. All yep. time. You will never forget his name, although you just did. He, he's on the White Whale yes. get list? Wow. Yes. Absolutely. I, I feel like he's pretty accessible. We're getting close. Okay. We've nailed down the other one, Brent. Patty Casey. Patty Casey is joining the show tomorrow. Oh, that's great news. So That's excited. fantastic. The legend himself. Oh. 6.15 tomorrow, you will hear from the man, the I'm myth, the legend, Patty Casey. That's exciting. He he is a double-down guest if I ever heard one. St. Patty's Day is coming early. Making things happen. Uh, now, speaking of loopholes and bets, before we get okay. to the blind side here, so the loophole in our bet was I had a dress like you, but we didn't clarify for how long. So I just did it for a segment. Jordan bet me a bag of candy on the Patriots-Bills game. It was never designated how big of a bag of candy we're talking about here. Like, could I get, like, a duffel bag? Could I get, like, even, like, a Wegmans bag? I think he can. All he said was a bag of candy. You got to go to the bulk. What is that? Like, the bulk section? That's what I'm thinking, man. Get a garbage bag. That's a bag. Just put it under the bulk thing, yeah. and I'm walking out of there. Now, it's a single bag. That was clarified. So Yes, absolutely. As you learned, and as he will learn, it's all devils in the details. Yes, you have Very to. Very specific with what you're betting. Clear up that fine print with Brent Axer. He's going to take advantage of it. Let's go on the blind side. It's time for the blind side. Hit me. What's the big J code on flipping fans the bird? Um. Yeah, don't do that. The reason I asked this is is from our heated debate yesterday that got a bit contentious on the show. And then you mentioned today for fans to heckle me with uh, Clemson bench, sit down. So I'm just wondering, if I hear that, you may see me turn around and flip you off. I just wanted to get the uh, 
You have presented yourself that. as the bad boy of the big J's. Yeah. That'd be a that'd be a bad boy move. It's like that clip I played earlier from that that dude that was getting after uh, Leon Dreitzel for the Edmonton Oilers. You're making me want to do it even more, Brent. Generally, flipping people off not professional, not encouraged. You unless, could argue, unless they deserve it and they don't deserve it for that. You could argue that yelling to stop cheering for your teammates is a verbal flip of the bird. Actually, you can't. I could. So yeah, I would I would discourage the. You're number one. How different is the message if you just yelled, F you, sit down on the bench? It's the same message as if you say, sit down, Clemson bench. It's the same exact message. It doesn't change it at all. The verbal, it's a verbal F you, I to hope Clemson bench. The Clemson bench is standing tonight for a sustained period of time. I and, do too. And the fans rightfully ask for them to sit down just to irritate you. No, no, no. Just, just... And I hope they stand to, the entire to get game. To you. I hope so I get you blocked are, by the Clemson bench for the entire if you're game. On, well, you're not on the way of the game now because it's still a few hours oh. away. But for those of you that are going to the game tonight, and you are in range where it could be the Clemson bench obstructs your view, have them ready to go. Can I do this? Can, if, if you want to throw in Tommy Hogan's name into the chance, Uncle Brent will hook you up with a prize. What is the if code? We can verify What's it. the Big J code on standing up? Because I may stand up for you the don't entire stand game. Stand up. Why not? Listen, man, you want to be a Big J. There's just certain rules you got to follow. If there's an open seat on Big J row, I'm gonna stand up in the in the last row because no, I don't not. want anybody in front of me. Now, Donnie Coe, who sits behind me, because does not deserve the, that. The seats that they make you sit in are so ridiculous. I wouldn't blame you if you stood up over there in that corner because you can't see otherwise unless you watch the big screen. The so hundred million I get, dollar gigantic I get the screen in the middle of the dome. I'm okay I get, with I get the heart of your argument, but still two no nos. Just saying. I just may go up to the last row of Big J row and stand up the whole game and say, "Yell at me! How Yell much, at me for standing in here!" Not the guys cheering on their team. While we're talking about Big J stuff, sure. And we'd have to clarify the terms of the bet here. Okay. How much would it cost me for you to ask Jim Beheim? Some sort of question that puts the words chemistry and experiment in the question. Write up the question, and I'll do it. <laughs> if you write up the question, I will do it for... 50? Yeah. Going to 50? Yeah, I'd do it for 50 bucks. Right. Write the question, okay. send it to me. I will rate. I will virtually raise my hand and okay. ask him the question. Okay. <laughs> also not encouraged uh, a Big J standards. Why not? Payola, man. What do you mean? I'm planning a question for money. That's not that's not I'm appropriate. I'm your producer. I, if I give you the okay, it should be. Aren't we all about on the record, off the record? On the record, you can do that. Okay. Isn't that the we've magic got, words? We've gotten the big through J one question, but I like the I like the path we've gone down. I'm still fired up about that, Brent. This is the most like old man yells at crowd argument that you've Tommy, you've always been anti that. I'm shocked that you are pro old man yelling. Different at cloud situations. But Tommy, as I learned a lesson a long time ago, okay, in my mommy group, okay, I was in a mommy group when my daughter was young. I was the only dad, so it was me and twelve moms. Okay, so it was taught to me one time when I was ranting about diaper changing. Is that the hill you want to die? Yes. You're willing to die on that hill. Okay. I've never been more willing to die. I admire your passion. I feel strongly about this. But you're wrong. Next.
I haven't heard anybody else on your side here, so. What's you, the telltale sign of someone that's wrong telling the other person that they're wrong? The old lady yelling at agrees with me. Should writing a handwritten note to every one of your players get you a contract extension? No, I saw that. The Raiders coach. Rick, Rick Rich Basaccia. Classy gesture. Nobody cool. writes thank you notes anymore. It's a big J move. I know a voice of the Utica comments that pulls this move. I don't want a text. I don't want I, I want the thank you note. Handwritten. That's why I enjoy getting Christmas cards. A little effort there. All right. But no, that doesn't bring you back as the head coach of the Raiders. Great job by that guy. Get that team through all that controversy, but they they need a re- they need a reboot. Really? Because I was going to say he deserved to get the extension even before them, in my opinion. There's Got better coaches play. out there. All right. Will you watch a Weird Al Yankovic biopic? Hundred percent. You know? Did you see who's playing him? Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. You've seen Harry Potter. Oh boy. Oh, not a boy. second. Oh, Brent, oh. you knew that. I'm not. That's nerd stuff, Brent. I don't watch nerd stuff. That's as nerdy as it gets. You're too cool for that stuff. Correct. I have every single book. I've never seen, never read a word of any. Why do you own the books and haven't? Because it's probably them? a good thing. It's just like that'll be worth it. I don't know. It's just one of the things you have. Yes. It's the dumbest thing I've ever. Heard. What do you mean, Harry Potter? I just the whole have series? the books. Yeah. Haven't read them. Just have them. You've got plenty it's of like books you've Rock. never read before. The Rock has a T-Rex skeleton. In his house. It's Tommy not- has the Harry Potter books. Read them. You've read every book you've got? 100%. Oh, stop 100%. It. Every book I own, I have read. I can say that with 100% accuracy. I don't believe you Why for would second. you have a book just to have a book? Because that's how books work. You say, I'm going to read this book, and you never get around to reading the book. That has happened. Okay, there we go. That has happened. Why do where- you just tell me you've read every book then? Because you said every book I own. I have been loaned books okay. that I haven't read. Fine. I have I own every Harry Potter. Like book every book, let me put it this: every book in my home currently has been read by me. You may have to prove that there might be a book or two on my nightstand that have been loaned to me that I haven't read yet. Doesn't mean I won't read them, but I don't buy books just to have them. That's the only reason. That's I what buy people books. do for Zoom backgrounds. Have you read all those books? Yes, yes, I have. That's the blind side. Oh yeah, we'll come back next. There, right there.